Welcome to Afternoon Sport for your Tuesday. Shadwicker here, joined by Shane Lee, who uh, overnight became Master Chef or Master Chef Judge. I'm trying to figure out what your dynamic in the household is. Well, yes. So my wife Lorraine took my son Thomas to Melbourne for a week. To, she's working down there, and um, so Tom's doing some um, childcare with the in-laws. Um, so I've got the two, my two girls here, Zara, who's 14, and Abby, who's 12. And Zara wanted to learn how to cook. She knows knows that her mum has limited dishes, <laughs> so she wants she wants to expand. One on her horizon. So um, we cooked a nice little pasta dish last night, which turned out really well. She was very happy with it. What, what were we talking here? Just the classic spag bowl, or no, no? It was just, it was uh, it was a creamy tomato with some smoky bacon and uh, oh, right, a okay, yeah, really nice. Yeah, righto, mate. Look, just tell her what she needs to know. You're going to be going to university in the next what six years or so. Just learn how to play, make meringue. All right, and if you want to make a gourmet, crack an egg on top. That's it. That's all That's you need it. to know. That's that it. is life sorted. Now, we've got all the sport news you need to know today. We've got to talk NFL. It's so disappointing what happened in the NFL for my Dallas Cowboys. Uh, we've got Oz Open as well. Absolute demolition job in the Oz Open overnight. NBA, UFC, and more. In life, the most important thing is trust. Without it, everything is a lot harder in a quickly changing and turbulent time. Barclay Pierce Capital is a safe pair of hands, an organisation built on people. They understand you've worked hard to build your nest egg and their asset management business is tailored to suit your needs. Their services help grow your wealth in order to provide long-term safety and security for you and your family. BPC, just a phone call away. Afternoon sports. Are you thinking about making a podcast? If so, contact the Afternoon Sport Group. We'll make it easy. With the technical know-how and industry knowledge, we'll get your podcast up and running in no time. Get in touch via our website or email hello at afternoonsport.com. Well, the final Aussie is out of the uh, singles draw of the Australian Open, Shano, and I tell you what, it was not great. It was actually it was genuinely hard to watch last night. Alex Demonor was pretty much bullied, pantsed, destroyed, whatever kind of adjective you want to catch, uh, chuck in front of that. He was torn apart by Novak Djokovic. The score in the end, for those that don't know, 6-2, 6-1, 6-2. Yeah, he was totally, he was totally outclassed. And um, we love Alex Dimonor. Let's not, don't get that wrong, but um, he's a fighter. But Novak uh, Djokovic was just on a different level. That hammy looks pretty good once again, Chad. Mate. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't look there's too many tears in that hamstring. And um yeah, he was uh, totally dominant, and that's his 38th consecutive win at the Australian Open, Novak Djokovic, and uh, he's just getting better and better, and I'll tell you what, other players in that tournament will be very, very scared of the form that he's currently in. Oh, he's looking all the bit 10-time champ. Like, it looks like he's yeah, going yep. to be the 10-timer. Um, it's kind of hard to pick anyone else on the draw that you think can beat him at the moment, but talking about that injury, even Demon hinted to the fact that he's not injured. He is not hurt. I refuse to believe that Novak Djokovic is actually injured playing in these matches because he's somehow playing better tennis. <laughs> like, yeah, and he, and he tends to do this during um, tournaments. He, he sort of starts slow and then just gets better and better to the point where by the time he's in the, in the final, he's absolutely peaking. But Demonor, yeah, he said, look, you guys watched that match as well. He looked like he was moving pretty well to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, look, and in the uh, women's draw, which has been – our, just as outrageous as the men's draw when it comes to seeds being defeated, mm. uh, we had it happen again yesterday. The number four seed uh, was beaten. Garcia going down to Lynette in straight sets. Another big name goes. 
Yeah, another big name, uh, Caroline Garcia, as you said. Uh, Magna Lynette, she's uh, the Polish girl's ranked 45th in the world. Yeah. I reckon she's a good chance of winning this. I watched that oh. match and she she looked exceptional. Um, she moves really well. Unfortunately, she comes up against the former world number one next round in Carolina Pliskova. Mm. Um, so that'll be a good match. But if, if Lynette can get through that, I reckon she's a good chance of taking this out. On the other side of the draw, you've got um, uh, Sabalenka, who mm. was very, very dominant over Belinda uh, Bensick. She won 7 5 6 2. Um, so that could be the could be the uh, actual final, I think. I, well, I don't know. I kind of I'm, I'm going to actually disagree. I've uh, yeah. I think that you know Sabalenka's playing amazing. I think it is Sabalenka's probably at the top of my list at the yep. moment. The way she's playing right now. But Azarenka's had this weird resurgence. It'll be tested against Pagula, which will be tonight. Mm. Uh, and also, I I think this is the same pathway that she took when she won the Grand Slam last year. And I always stuff up her name, but Rybakina, Rybakina. Now she, the she has been playing so well, and she's done exactly the same thing as last time. Just knocking down high-ranked seeds on her way up. I wouldn't be wanting to play her soon, so she's playing tonight as well against Ostapenko. I love the Aussie Open. I can stuff up everyone's names, and no one knows if I've got her wrong. What was that purple drink we used to drink as kids? I was, I was Rybina. Rybina, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, I think that that's one of the things with the women's draw. Some people don't like it. I kind of like it, where you could pretty much. You know, throw a blanket over the top 30 mm. and they're all going to be able to beat each other. So very competitive still, even though the seed's been dropping out of the Oz Open. Let's turn to cricket. Steve Smith turning it on yet again. Wow. Uh, he played the Hurricanes last night. He's got, he's coming off back-to-back hundreds in T20. No one's ever scored three consecutive uh, T20 hundreds in a row. Steve Smith was 66 of 33 balls. He hit four fours and six sixes at that point. Um, and got, got out to a full toss. And uh, look, there, there's cause for him now to open the batting and stay on in the T20 uh, Australian team. His form is exceptional. And, um, and look, I don't know, you know, you know sometimes you hear that um, you know, people are on, on a spectrum and um, you know, savants uh, sort of operate on a higher level. Steve Smith is on some sort of spectrum uh, when it comes to cricket. He is um, just out there. And once he gets totally focused on something, you can't stop him. He's an unbelievable player. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of fascinating his strike, striker form, how it's so like peaked over the last like 12 months or whatever, that mm. it's like, it's an amazing PR move from him, isn't it? Because people were talking about wanting to make a statue of him only a month or so ago. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we kind yep, of quickly yep. forget the big disaster he was involved in a few years ago. <laughs> yep. But he is in amazing form. Uh, and the Aussies are going to be taking on India Feb 9 uh, for the four-test series. What are your thoughts leading up to that? This is the biggest series uh, in an Australian cricket calendar, uh, going to India to play against India. Um, the first test, as you said, Feb 9 in Nagpur. Uh, it's a four-test series. This will see how good Pat Cummins is as a captain um, and that team is as a, as a whole. Uh, it will be their biggest challenge. I think we've got the team to do it. There are a few um, potential issues with our batting, particularly against spin. I think Travis Head may struggle a bit over there. But saying that, our bowlers are good. Um, players are in form. I know Steve Smith will want to go over there in his current form and do very, very well because that's the test of a, particularly for the batsman, that's a test of how good you are if you can score runs against India on the subcontinent. Do you really, I feel like you've got recent test bias. Like we've played mm, bums. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like we go, I reckon we're going to get pants by India. Well, look, <laughs> look there's every chance that, that their spinners are so good. Um, Look, Nathan Lyon has, what, close to 500 test wickets and um, is a very, very good bowler. 
but their batsmen just live and breathe. They're brought up on spin. You know, by the time they're they're out of a cot, they're they're dancing down the wicket hitting fours. <laughs> um, so it's going to be very very tough for our spinners. Um, but our bowlers, I think, uh, if we can, Pat Cummins is can get the ball above their knee height. Um, we're a good chance, and we've got to be aggressive. We've got to bat well, and we've got to be patient. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to be a hell of a series. Yeah, well, there was a couple of ducks and even a golden duck in the last uh, test series mm. here in Australia, mate. So watch out. I tell you what, though, you won't be hearing the familiar sounds of Michael Clark on commentary for this one, <laughs> will you? Thank goodness. <laughs> no, I um, it's it's Michael Clark has taken a funny sort of like if you look at the guy as a test captain, he was very good as a player. He was unbelievable. Um, I was his first captain uh, when he played for New South Wales. And I went to his twenty first, and I don't know, mate. He sort of lost. He lost a lot of uh, lost a lot of people who like him because just the way he carries on. I always say, if it was possible, Michael Clark would speak about himself in the fourth person. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> hey, um, let's quickly touch on some rugby here. Obviously, the big news has been Eddie Jones taking back over the reins of uh, Rugby Australia for the Wallabies and the Wallaroos. Uh, yeah, we're all planning the. Oh, it's going to be the big raid. Turn the clocks back to two thousand and three. It's going to be the same setup that got us to a World Cup final. But there's one thing that I feel like rugby had the best opportunity to finally change, but they have stayed put. They've stepped their feet down, and they're saying, "Hey, the Guido Law is going to remain intact as Eddie Jones prepares to go rebuild Australian rugby." Is this a dumb move? Because I reckon it's the worst decision ever. Yeah, it's not great, and. Um it's funny how Hamish McLennan has just come out. So he's showing who his boss. Um, Eddie Jones will have his his, his own <laughs> thoughts and wishes. And uh, but it's very very hard to build from the bottom up in in, four, in a four year tenure. Um, it's going to take longer than that. So hence why they're probably keeping the Gitto Law in there, where they can drag people from anywhere around the world at any any point in time. Um, but mate, we've got a different coach. We've still got the same players. And the coach can make a certain difference. It won't make all the difference. But I feel like you kind of you kind of tying one of your hands behind your back because you're saying yeah. that not every player that's overseas we can have. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's like you want to get. It's, it'd be like the Socceroos saying we're only going to use three players or whatever the number is from mm. overseas sports. You're like, oh, okay. So if there's a guy playing in EPL, the best league in the world one of, and we're going to yeah. go, no, nah, we're not going to pick him because we're only allowed to pick this many. It's so dumb. It seems so stupid to me because it's it's almost an arrogance of Rugby Australia thinking, hey, we're still the best domestic competition in the world. It's like, you're not, dude. You're not. We're not, no. no. <laughs> like, you want your players to be playing against the best, which is over in Europe. I think it's a silly decision. It also, to me, just makes it even more like clear that the raid on Rugby League is going to be like quite large and possibly bigger yeah. than the last yep. one. Yep, it's uh, what's the old game you played at school? You put your right foot in, but then you put your right foot out. They can't make up their mind which, which way they're going. The new Elite Bet app has arrived. It's got all the betting features you expect and new ones you're going to love. Elite Bet is your one-stop shop on race day with Hot Bet, where you can back the tips of proven winning punters. Build fast sports multis and play same game multis. The Elite Bet app is the smoothest betting experience around. Trusted for 10 years, Elite Bet is 100% Australian owned. The only betting app you need this summer is Elite Bet. Gamble responsibly. Well, uh, we do like talking about rugby league, which we will eventually, but the AFL season is also ramping up as well. Uh, they finally get to talk about things on the field rather than off the field, the AFL. And uh, right now, there's a lot of conjecture around who's going to be captaining which teams in 2023, Shana. Yeah, interesting conversation because 
unlike cricket, the captain makes all decisions on the field. In AFL, it's a little bit different. No? It's it's about setting the tone and being responsible and getting the guys pulling all in the one direction. Um, but saying that, um, the Kangaroos have come out um, and announced uh, their co-captains for this year, Jai Simpkin and Luke McDonald. Um, that was literally two days after Jack um, Zabil um, stepped aside. Um but, you know, are co-captains the way to go? Carlton have just chosen one captain in Patrick Cripps. The Gold Coast have chosen, I think they'll choose Jared Witts um, and Took Miller. Melbourne will go with one, I believe, in Max Gorn. Port will go with one in Tom Jones. Um, St Kilda will choose Jack Steele, I think. And then um, and then the Western Bulldogs will go with their their, their old favourite, Marcus Bontempelli. So, and a few other clubs... I, Sydney haven't announced who they're going with yet, so I have to watch that space. But, uh, yeah, big big news in the AFL, mate. Yeah, well, it's almost rearing up. But we still haven't heard anything about what's going on with the Hawthorne saga, AFL. Anyway, that's fine. We'll just keep dragging their feet with that one. Let's talk NRL. Uh, Wally Lewis. We won't be seeing him on Nine News anymore. The man who's done sport for us in Queensland for so long is now stepping away. He is, and they're saying it's for health reasons. Um, I don't know if you've heard anything on the ground there, um, Shad, but, uh, yeah, he was a, been a sports presenter since 1999, so what's that, 24 years, um, and a great uh, sports presenter as well. He said he's still going to stay in the Nine family and do certain things, but for health reasons, at 63 years of age, he's just going to take a bit of a backward step. Yeah, I, I'm like, I've seen Wally a few times around Brizzy, especially at, like the Broncos and stuff, and... Yep. I mean, I'm not saying he's looking bad in any way, but he's definitely, you know, slowing down. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like – and you've got to think as well, Wally's got a lot of commitments outside of doing sports presenting where we, you know, we drag him to everything. Yeah. <laughs> Wally has to be at every event, as you would know. Um, so, yeah, that kind of makes sense. And, you know, we want to see him on our screens at the most important time of the year, which is, of course, State of Origin when Queensland bring it up again. Hello! Anyway, we won't get well, into it too early. I, well, just on that, I think at 63 years of age, you could still put a Queensland jersey on Wally Lewis and he'd probably still cause us issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know, mate, <laughs> mate, we might have to. We'll see how we're going this year. But uh, I want to touch on something really quick with Rugby League, which was a, a fascinating story um, that that's come out over the last, you know, 24, 48 hours. What's your thoughts on this, um, the player boycott that's being threatened? We've got players that are saying the CBA, they're like, look, we might boycott the first round, which I don't think is going to happen necessarily. But the US Championship, the Rugby mm. League comp in the USA, have said that their 160 players are ready to get on the next flight to Australia if our Rugby League players decide to boycott the uh, NRL season. What's your thoughts on that? <laughs> I think it's all threats. I think it's all threats. And I think um, I mentioned yesterday speaking to Brian Fletcher, for the CEO of Penrith, he said he doesn't believe that's going to happen. Um, so the players will get some of the things they want. They won't get everything. Um, but they'll, they'll, they'll all come to their senses, hopefully, before first round. Because, you know, you imagine the, the fans, if uh, they look forward to the start of the footy season and sure. a boycott would be horrific. But I kind of love the idea of, like, if mm. there's all these US players, I reckon there's a bunch of clubs that went, hang on, there's 160 players in the US just playing consistent rugby league every week? Oh, I might yes, just, then, I might go kick the tyres a little bit on a few players, sure. Imagine <laughs> that, I'll bring, bring all the COVID into the country. Ah, it's not going to happen. The, <laughs> mate, the Dolphins have so much money sitting in their cap right now with no marquee players. They could probably pick up some bargain bins from the USA to fill out Wayne's men for the next season, you know. Uh, boxing, this is some awesome news in the boxing. Tim Zhu is not the best at promoting a fight. He's probably one of the worst smack talkers I've ever seen in boxing, but he is set to challenge for a world title on Australian soil. 
Yeah, and he's been doing some work with one of the Afternoon Sports uh, uh, members in Andrew May. Um, check out his podcast. It, um, he's now, uh, due to injury uh, from Jamel um, Charlo, he now gets a chance to fight for his first world title on Australian soil, and he'll be taking on former champ Tony Harrison, who's the only guy ever to beat Charlo. So that Big is risk. huge for Tim Zoo, yep. And um, and Andrew May was saying he's been over there in Vegas with him, uh, doing some training, and he said he's in very, very good nick and um, he's a good chance of taking out this title now. Wow. All right. It's a big risk, though, having to take on someone yep. that's beaten the guy that you're really looking forward to fight next. But yep. hopefully it's a big win on Aussie soil. Quickly on the NFL, the uh, the <laughs> the conference championships have been decided. The Chiefs will take on the Bengals as they upset the Bills, which I didn't think was an upset, to be honest. Bengals are probably my pick for the Super Bowl, if I'm being clear mm. right now. Okay. Uh, and the Philadelphia Eagles will take on the San Francisco 49ers after the Dallas Cowboys blew it in the final quarter with one of the dumbest plays ever, Shane O. Now, you know in the NFL, the most famous thing you see in the NFL is the two big lines of yep. big boppers, the linemen. Yep. Well, the Dallas Cowboys' final play of the game, four seconds left, they chose to do a play with no linemen, uh. just a quarterback behind their running back. And it was one of the – it's getting – like it's hard to describe on the podcast right now, but if you want to see one of the worst plays in NFL history <laughs> by my Dallas Cowboys, have a look at it online. It is the dumbest and the biggest, like, anti-climax to a playoff game you will see in your life. So another disappointing year for me and Dallas fans. So so they're saying that Dallas Cowboys are rewriting the uh – um, yes. The, the, the record books for playoff incompetence. Oh, yeah, it's they insane. They do it all the time, yeah. <sighs> anyway, it's hard to be a Dallas Cowboys fan. That's it for Afternoon Sport for today. Make sure you hit follow, subscribe wherever you listen. And, of course, a big thanks before we go to our sponsors. Our fantastic sponsors, Barclay Pierce Capital. They're only a phone call away. And, of course, a big thanks to our producer, Dan McEwen, makes it all happen. We'll be back tomorrow with a big dose of sport. See you then, guys. Take care. Thanks for listening to Afternoon Sport. If you enjoyed the show, why not check out one of our other podcasts, like the Building Resilience Podcast. Noel Allnup, the CEO of Securo, explores the minds of world-class performers in order to deconstruct their life tools and ethos that can help us create growth and optimise business. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts or head to afternoonsport.com. Afternoon sport.